Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week, we continue our run of Texas Pitmasters with Lee Hickel from Red Mule's Badass Barbecue. Lee has had a ton of success in Texas as a part of IBCA and has recently been traveling the country and cooking barbecue all up and down the East Coast in KCBS. One of the genuinely nicest guys in barbecue. He's fantastic to talk to and a great cook. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Lee Hickel. This episode is brought to you by the Barbecue League. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience. Here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70 plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube type content. World champions like Gettin' Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid, and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage. And those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. Listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only by using the code JUNEPITMASTER, all capital letters, all one word, JUNEPITMASTER, on thebarbecueleague.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're with Mr. Lee Hickel from... Red Mule's Barbecue, correct? Red Mule's Badass Barbecue. Red Mule's Badass Barbecue. We've already broke the no swearing rule on the podcast. Ass is, ass is biblical, so I got permission from my father, who's a preacher, and I had to talk <laughs> about this because ass is very biblical, and so mule and ass are one. I agree with you that ass is biblical, but it's probably in a different sense. <laughs> and also you can say whatever you want cussing is not forbidden on this uh podcast um no, so no. you're you are i i just met you this year you know you're pretty well known in some barbecue circles but you weren't well known in my barbecue circle because i've never cooked in texas i've never done a lot of uh icba stuff and uh everybody always says that barbecue is all about meeting people and it's the people you meet and if I had to say right now, like what's the highlight of my 2021, meeting you would be one of them. We've cooked several contests together. We've been in the same campground and didn't even know it in uh, South Carolina. <laughs> I, I just think you're one of the best people out there in barbecue right now. And you're one of the best cooks right now. Yeah, Luke, I'm on a pretty good roll right now. God has blessed me more than I can ever imagine. And you're right. The first time I've heard of you. I didn't know who you were, but the first time I heard of you was when my friend Fred Robles was going to go up to your neck of the woods and do a, a class with you. You and Fred yeah. did a class, and Fred is from South Texas. He's two hours past me, and I'm deep South Texas, and he's <laughs> way South. So, the yeah, it was it was an honor hearing your name at one of the first cook-offs I did in Brasstown, Georgia, Young Harris, Georgia, up in the mountains. And yeah. uh, I, I didn't meet you then, but 
I knew your presence was there. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you definitely had a presence there yourself. I believe uh, winning, yeah, winning I did, brisket. I did, pull, I did. I pulled off <laughs> one lucky walk and that was the first place brisket. Sure was up in the Appalachian mountains. <laughs> and that's, and I was like, who is this jackass? that just get, get, kept me out of first place brisket. <laughs> and then we meet and a few so weeks later. Friendship began. Yeah. The friendship began. began. Yeah. Yes, sir. So one of the questions I love to ask on here is, how has your past career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition barbecue trail? And I asked this as a loaded question in that the conversation we just had, you explained some of your background and I just think it's amazing. Right. So right out of high school, I joined the Coast Guard back in 1989. So I did 22 years in the Coast Guard and being military regimented, um, time is very important, uh, right location, right time, um, promptness, and just attention to detail. And that's really embedded in, in just in me. Even in my up, upbringing as a child living on a farm, so we all had chores doing the chickens and the cows and the rabbits. And just, you know, it's just the right thing to do, just attention to detail. When I retired from the Coast Guard in 2011, my wife had already retired by then from uh, Department of Public Safety. She retired in 2006, five years before I retired. And in 2006, we broke ground on our first business, and it was a funeral home. So working with families who lost a loved one and just really focusing passion on families, it's, I mean, I'm very mellow. Um, I think I'm approachable. My wife's approachable. So just learning to attention to detail, listen to grieving families, just understand the, the, the compassion. So I brought everything that I learned from the Coast Guard and from my business into the barbecue world. And it really makes me focus and pay attention to detail. I'm very, very, very detail oriented. So because of my upbringing, that's 100% why I'm very focused and detailed. There's a lot of different ways to go, a lot of different avenues to explore here in terms of, you know, I've recently dealt with some loss and I've been on the other side of that business. And knowing that the people that are involved in the funeral business, they have to be so attentive to detail and they have to be great listeners or else they wouldn't be successful at what they do. Um, and it sounds kind of macabre saying that being successful at what they do, but it, it is a business and, and there is a level of success and I can see where that attention to detail and making sure every little thing is correct. I can see that in your setup and in your cooking, just being around you, the limited time that I've been around you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not everybody can, you have to learn detail because yeah. you could be sidetracked pretty easily um i was taught at a young age to focus and pay attention and listen and uh when you have a, a preacher for a father you know you, you learn real quick tough love makes you listen <laughs> <laughs> so and you know i thank god i had great parents who are still alive today in their in their 80s they just made sure i walked a straight life and 
that's what it, I, I know that's what's making me very detailed in this barbecue sport. Right. Yes, sir. But you're also amongst all those other things and just in general, an amazing person. You're an amazing cook. You've had a, a ton of success and you've recently switched over to KCBS, correct? I did. This is my first year to cook KCBS for a season for a, to try it out. I ran two years in International Barbecue Cooking Association. Mm -hmm. My very first year, which was the cooking year of 2019, I finished up being number one cook of the year. Number one rib, number one brisket, number two chicken. And then last year, 2020, we were all affected by the COVID-19 and cook-offs. But I, I ended up being second place overall right. for 2020. I think if I had just a like all of us, a few more cook-offs, we would have done a little better. <laughs> so, <laughs> the runway just fell short, which is fine. Yeah. Well, 2020, you know, it was kind of a lost year for a lot of things. But, man, you cook everywhere. I do. You cook everywhere. You, you recently won in Georgia. You recently won in my home state of West Virginia. Yes, sir. At a contest that I should have been at, and maybe it wouldn't have been so easy for you to win. I'm glad you weren't there. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I just, I find it, it's inspiring to see your passion for it and, uh, to see how much you love it. I can, you, I can tell when I see you at a cook off, how much you love it. I smile. I, I glow. I, now I, this <laughs> hobby has really become, um, embedded in my blood. Um, it's almost addicting. It really is. I'm just fortunate enough to where I can go cook every weekend. Yeah. So right in 2019, I was cook of the year and that opened up some doors for me more than I could ever imagine. And then 2020 being runner up team of the year, cook of the year, even that opened up some doors for me. And then I pretty much achieved my goals in the two years I, I was cooking. Then I've only been cooking three years. Right. So I'm very, very new at cooking. I just really uh, came into it running full force. And I transitioned into KCBS in the 2021 cooking year just to see what I can do. I know what I did in Texas. Now let me see what I can do outside of Texas. So I chose to come east, <laughs> east of the Mississippi. <laughs> so, <laughs> So here I am all the way until the end of October. I'm going to finish out the season over on the East Coast, and I'll just see how I do. This is my only year to run hard at it, my first year to do it, and yeah. I'm all in, Luke. I'm all in. <laughs> That's good. That means we'll get to spend some more time together. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it, especially yeah. – I was telling the story the other day about being in Myrtle Beach. As I as I was calling it at that point, the Texas invasion was there. You yeah. and, and Purvis, Purvis and, and Phil. Brayton. Yeah, you guys were all there. And I had pretty much adopted a steadfast rule of not turning in burn ends because and but that day they were so good. And I was like, I'm putting them in the box. Put them in the box. I'm walking around drinking beer, talking to all you guys like, yeah, G Texas boys put burn ends in the box. And every one of you to a T said, absolutely not. 
I'm like, <laughs> I'm like damn, what? how did I miss this one? Right. I ended up winning brisket that day. And that's the only time I've turned in burn ends this year. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of success doing burn ends. I did burn ends up in uh, Brasstown, Young Harris, Georgia. Yeah. And uh, that was my second time ever to do burn ins, just by the way, and it hit me a first place with wow. my slice. So I, I do run Texas style barbecue. My brisket and my ribs, it's all Texas style. There's one, it's 100% what I did in the International Barbecue Cooking Association. Yeah. And I'm doing it here in the Kansas City barbecue. And it's, it's working. I think it's a different. I'm so new at this. I may be saying things wrong, but I think it's my flavor profile. You know, maybe it's different from the East Coast. Maybe, maybe the judges find something different about it. But then again, good barbecue is good barbecue, no matter where right. you go. I yeah. still have to, but right. I think my flavor profile is a little different. And, you know, it's, and that's refreshing to see in terms of we all, like to make jokes that we're all cooking the same recipe. We're all using the same rubs and we're all doing the same thing. And it's just kind of a, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot, but I like to think that some creativity and being a little different can help you stand out and, and knowing, seeing your success makes me believe in that a little more. Right. Right. I'm just blessed to where I can produce some decent product and the judges on the East Coast are liking it. You know, 2019 at the American Royal uh, was my second year to go. And on the open, I hit a fifth place pork butt. What are there, almost 500 teams? Yeah. And when they said Red Mule's Badass Barbecue, I'm like, that's me. Holy cow. I did it. <laughs> What's a Texas guy doing? Pretty doing good in pork butt you know that's not a pork we're not pork butt you know we don't cook pork butt we're a brisket <laughs> chicken kind of state you know but i was so happy to to get a fifth place call in the open at the american Royal in 2019 and man i cried yeah i cried you know i mean and that, that year fred fred robles won that i know, know and, i was it was the most it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen uh I, I ran, I helped Fred with his boxes on Saturday because we didn't qualify for the invitational and we just went out and cooked the open. And I ran, I, I helped Fred with his boxes on, on Saturday. And I mean, I kept looking at him going, you're doing some weird shit, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> then I taste it and I'm like, huh, you know, and, and it was kind of inspiring uh just to see different but the coolest thing i've ever seen was how all the texas teams stuck around after the awards on sunday uh to be there for freddie speaks of the bond of texas barbecue right and texas really represented pretty well that weekend at the american royal i don't know exactly how many texas teams were were but when we all stuck around sunday and hugged and kissed and just loved all over Fred from being the winner. Yeah. And they, they, they did a group picture of all the Texas teams. I don't know, Luke, there was probably 15, 18, 20 teams, Texas teams there, and all of us were holding ribbons and banners from getting top 10 calls. Yeah. You know, in different meat categories during the weekend. So Texas are really represented, and I'm proud of Fred Robles. He is a big mentor of mine. And when you 
meet him, which you, you know him, but I mean, but he's just a lovable guy, very approachable. So, uh, yeah, he's a big turning point of my life to, to meet him and, and listen to what he has to say. Yeah. He's extremely smart. Um, just a soft spoken guy. He's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget seeing him put those ribs on that grill. And I was like, what in the hell are you doing? And he's like, got to get that char taste. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it, bro. Don't worry about it, bro. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. (laughs) Oh, man. And he's doing a lot of cool things with his new organization, the CBA. The Champions Barbecue Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that Texas is adopting another organization, society to cook in. We have the International Barbecue Cookers Association, the Lone Star Barbecue Association. And it's good to see him come out with another one. I think this is really for the cookers. The scoring system is perfect, but it's still along Texas barbecue. Yeah. So I'm real proud of what, what he's done to open up another organization in Texas. And, you know, he's trying to slow things down, but it's just expanding like a wildfire before we know it, it's going to be in multiple states oh absolutely it's just blowing up in a good way in a good yeah. way yeah so we'd love to talk about our successes and stuff everything we want how great we are one of the things i like to talk about is failures do you have a favorite failure of yours during a competition that you really learned from that <clears throat> set you up for future success i do so 2019 at the world (laughs) food championship in dallas texas this really is a it's a two-part answer to your one-part question (laughs) at the world food championship i rolled the dice and just entered only the barbecue division i didn't do the eats or the and the barbecue i did just the barbecue to qualify for the finals yeah well i hit a first place chicken second place brisket 11th rib that qualified me i reserve granted under johnny trigg and that put me in the finals so i go to the finals on sunday end up being fifth overall at the world food championship man i was so excited about being fifth at the world food the very next weekend this is where the failure happens so i'm i'm on cloud nine my chest is out i go to a cook-off in houston texas Uh everybody there knew i just came back from the world food championship at fifth in the finals People shaking my hand, congratulating me. And then it came time for the awards. I didn't make final table on anything. I sat in my chair <laughs> the entire time. So right then, I realized because I was a proud peacock going into it, it's a very humbling sport. And one minute you're cloud nine, the next minute, you know, you're, you're the dirt. And I, I don't boast or brag, you know, about anything I do or have or my accomplishments, but it really set me back, not even to make final table on the meats at that cook-off. And there was probably 45 teams there. It wasn't that many. There was a lot of teams, not that many teams, but they were all good teams. So that just made me realize that just because you come from one good cook-off the weekend before and you go to the next cook-off and you're a complete failure on that (laughs) cook-off just realize that uh 
you aren't that good after all. You're just moderate cooker, <laughs> but just but just cook just cook good barbecue is really what it boils down to. But no. that was that was my biggest almost embarrassment to me. Nobody probably cared, but me. No, and uh, I was going to really say, I was going to say, coming out of that world food experience, having done it before, your brain is mush. I mean, it is. it is a stressful and high intensity thing that goes on there when you reach that level. And I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody would have thought any, <laughs> any worse <laughs> of you. I mean, it's but, just but that's the thing. pressure you put on yourself. It's on myself. Right. It's on myself. That, so that was one of my memorable uh, harsh punishments on myself for failure. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we need to have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, I'm still, I'm still so new at this. I haven't, I mean, I haven't had enough time to, I guess I've had time to have complete loss of control and complete failure, but sure, um, that's just what stands out on a, a last minute hot question you just gave me. Yeah. Let's let's change the tune a little bit here and start talking about some investments and some gear. There's pretty much anything that you could ever need for a barbecue competition in that green trailer behind you. There is. <laughs> it is yeah. one of the more impressive collections of barbecue supplies that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, Luke, I don't I just can't buy one. I buy multiple. <laughs> and I think I carry, and you're not lying. You're not lying. I have bins and shelves and cabinets in my green trailer full of almost every seasoning there is because I don't keep everything for myself. Somebody, people know I have a lot of seasonings. <laughs> and the good thing is if people are short a seasoning, they'll come to me and, hey, can I have this? You bet. Let me get it guilty as charged i've been in there multiple times <laughs> so um, lee do you have yes, this sir. why yes i do <laughs> <laughs> do you want the extra butter the extra garlic do you, do you, want, the, right. do you want the jalapeno or the habanero which one do you want yeah <laughs> yes sir yes sir i do have a lot What's the what's the best or most worthwhile investment that you've made in competition barbecue? Being such a greenhorn in barbecue and a rookie, the best investment I've ever done or actually spent money was to take a class. Yeah. Take a class by far. Because Luke nowadays barbecue it's kind of tough if you just come in there off, you know, cooking for your family or your, your neighbors and you want to jump into the barbecue arena. You may spend way too much money and time on your hands and struggle and get fed up and want to quit. Like, forget this barbecue. You know, I see that same green trailer. I see that same black rig pull up. I see these same people week after week and they're winning and I don't have a chance. It doesn't matter what you're, barbecue rig is or what you're cooking on as long as you know how to use it so i think it could be heartbreaking for people who come in and don't realize they can learn by taking classes 
And what's even harder, you know, these rookies or these backyard guys coming to a cook-off and they're afraid to approach anybody and ask questions. I get free advice all day long, every day. I don't have a problem with it. Have yep. an online class. I don't mind somebody walking up to me. Hey, I need help in my chicken. What can I do? I don't give them all the secrets, but I give them some really strong pointers on how to be a better cook. What I would yeah. do different from what they're doing. So I think one of the big things is instead of wasting money week after week after week, struggling, figure out what to do. You don't know what you're doing wrong. Ask questions. That's free advice or take a class. Yeah. Yes, that's, sir. That's great advice. That's great advice. What were some of the best decisions that you made when you first started cooking and competing? in terms of infrastructure and cookers and stuff like that? My best decision, well, pray to God while you're traveling to the cook-off for a safe travel. Pray for a good cook. Those are easy to do. Pray <laughs> to your God. Pray to your God and just hope for the best and the prayers. Um. When I started off cooking, keep in mind, I'm only three years new into cooking. Well, a little over three, but when I jumped on the master series, it's about three, it'll be three years now, right this month. So three and a half years ago, my brother-in-law up in Houston, Texas, about four hours away said, Hey, there's a cook-off up here at the VFW. You want to come cook it? I said, I don't even know. I don't even own a barbecue pit. I've never cooked barbecue in my entire life. <laughs> ever 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 and this is not even four years ago wow he's like well you might he said maybe you can borrow a pit i said well let me see so i drove to houston and i went to a company called pits by jj they're a reputable company in houston who builds barbecue pits I said hey i need a bumper pool pit 20 inch chamber five foot long charcoal grill on the back side with a basket and a vertical upright smoker he said okay come back in three months i said nope i need 18 days he's like we can't do it in 18 days i said i have a competition in 18 days i need i need a pit and you have good reviews and i can somewhat afford your pit it was still out of my price range but it was the cheapest one out of my price range that i could afford <laughs> so that friday uh, so I gave him money. I paid for it up front. And then the, that Friday morning, I drove to Houston and they were putting air in the tires. And I picked up that barbecue pit and I drove to a cook-off with that pit by JJ. Didn't know what I was. I came in dead last. I, I ruined everything. I've never cooked on a barbecue pit, especially an offset smoker. I loaded the firebox full of mesquite. Had it rip roaring. It, matter of fact, it was so hot it melted my brake lens on on my rear fenders. It was so hot, <laughs> but I couldn't get my pit temp up above two hundred. I'm like, this pit's a piece of junk. All these good reviews, I spent all this thousands of dollars for this piece of junk pit. I was mad and kicking cans, you know. <laughs> well, really, it was my fault. It wasn't the pit's fault coming out, but I think. We can, as, as cooks, you can learn to cook on anything that you buy, that you borrow. 
from a trash can cooker to a old smoking, you know, Weber, Weber Smoky Mountain, whatever it may be. But I think my, my biggest transition was when I bought my insulated barbecue pit made by pit maker in Humble, Texas, North Houston. Uh-huh. Um, that really was a game changer for me as far as the wood. I didn't have to use as much wood being insulated. The firebox is insulated, the pit's insulated. And it's not a bumper pull, it's a it's on little caster wheels. And I keep it in the back of my porch trailer. But I think that was my biggest expenditure that I did was upgrading to an insulated pit for me. Yeah. Because yeah. the very first time I turned it on, I didn't even treat it or anything. The very first time I turned it on was at a cook-off, June 30th, 2017, and a grand champion <laughs> <laughs> on that pit. So That's fantastic. Right. Yes, sir. Do you still have the pit by JJ? I do. It sits out in my pasture. unfortunately a lot of the a lot of the community uses it the fire department police department they'll use it for like the little fundraisers or whatnot so they'll come and get it hook up to it and use it so it is used it does get used good but it's used (laughs) for the it's used for the the local government and the community to use that's fantastic so those are all expensive things do you have any purchases of a hundred dollars or less that have made your barbecue life infinitely better. Something that you use that anybody can go and buy that that would that's just life changing. Yeah, free advice. <laughs> if it has to be a purchase, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you don't have to purchase friendship, but. If you're really talking about actually taking money, physical money, and buying something that drastically changed my life or my cooking path, I, I can't think of anything. I can just think of just the bond, the bonding and friendship, and asking your local pitmaster for some advice. So, free advice would be the the cheapest expenditure I can think of for a hundred dollars or less. I don't know, Luke. <laughs> real, real value. I, everybody probably says thermal pins or Mavericks or javelins or some type of meat probe system. No, I'm not that guy. You know, I think um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to say free, free advice from friends. No, that's I fine. Really, I don't know an answer. That's I'd, fine. I mean, I can name off products. You know, I mean, I could. Front sure, I've got a. My list is very long in this department. My little spice grinders, my butter cutter, my all those things. Dude. I was like, when somebody showed them to me, I was like, "Whoa, that's <laughs> that makes my life better." <laughs> right. Well, since since you did bring that up and you kind of enlightened me on some things, it's going to be a shaker. The little shaker bottles that you buy on Amazon. There's like different colored lids with different size orifices for the yeah rub the ball out don't i don't ever use the shaker bottles that the product comes in I always transfer over to a shaker bottle where i can adjust the orifice size on the lid i never shake from the <clears throat> manufacturer's bottle they're too big the holes are too right. big and you can you can be heavy-handed 
So for $9.99, buy those little shaker containers with the adjustable lids, and uh, you can control your, your rub much easier that way. I agree. I have, I don't even know how many of those I have anymore. <laughs> so many, right. every, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll buy a couple more. And mm-hmm. uh, they just make it more consistent. And that's what we're all going for is just if the rub's on there are consistent, you're going to have more consistent flavor. So, yes, sir. When we talk about people in barbecue, who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Coming from Texas, there was a lot of influential people for me that I looked up to when I first entered the ring of barbecue. So I'm, I'm going to have to cut my teeth on some Texas teams whenever sure. I answer this. Um, I don't know if all the KCBS family members have heard these names, but I'm sure they may have. But uh, the very first one would be Arnie Segovia. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's down by Fred Robles. Fred Robles is a huge um, mentor. And Ernest Cervantes. Ernest. Ernest Cervantes, right. Uh, Burnt Bean Company. Those three... There's many more. Matias Serrata, Justin Flores, Ram Benitez. Let's see, all the all these people are barbecue is so tight as everywhere, but Texas has so many barbecue competitions that we see each other weekend, weekend, every weekend. But Texas is so big, you know, but you meet these people and you fall in love with these people because they're so in a, a metaphorically speaking with the barbecue sense for just who you want to be you want to mirror image all these people so Matias Serrata, Justin Flores, Hector and Roel Villanueva, Fred Robles again, uh, Danny Patton, Ram Benitez, Arnie Segovia those are all Texas teams that really Phil Breeden, Chicken Fried Barbecue, uh, Bill Purvis himself, Aaron Leslie, all these, Corey Mikes, I mean, Johnny Trigg, Johnny Trigg. I mean, we're all Texas guys, you know, and you see these people and that's who you want to hang around. That's who you want to be. But the biggest influencers is going to be Arnie Segovia, Fred Robles, Ernest Segovia, Matias Serrata, because they live their lives as, I won't say godly, but pretty much the way you want to live your life. Right. So those are really big mentors who I look up to. I'm just making notes because you just gave me a whole host of names that I need to have on here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's uh, you know, you mentioned a few few people, a lot of people that I do know, and some that I don't. And uh, that's what's great about barbecue is that there's always another person to meet. There's always another influence that you can add to your to your repertoire you know, and, and add right. to your, to your network and to your cooking style. You know, and then, I mean, and Matt Walker from Texas as well, you know, yep. going, going to Matt was IBCA. I never knew Matt before IBCA. And then he went to KCBS. So I met him in the KCBS circuit. So, I mean, after joining KCBS this year, Matt Walker, Tim Shear, Joe Pierce, you yourself, you know, just, 
Tuffy Stone, meeting Tuffy Stone, you know, Starling from Big Papa Smokers, just meeting these people that you see and hear about all, all the time from the barbecue world. You don't really hear many people from Texas and talked about quite a bit. It's all in the Kansas City Barbecue Organization. So it's like, well, now that I've joined KCBS and meeting all those people I just mentioned, I'm just starstruck still, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I am, I mean, I, it's just, I'm, I'm so happy and blessed that I can transition over to KCBS and meet, I mean, gateway drums, Tim Shear, you know, blues hog, holy cow, there's Tim Shear, you know, get to compete against him. Like, Wow. I'm getting, I mean, Joe Pierce, you know I mean? I mean, come on. I mean, to me, being so new, it's just like, I can't believe I'm at the same cook-off with these legends, you know? I can't believe it. And I'm still starstruck. I really am. So those yeah, are people but, that are big, big names to me. But you stay pretty, pretty in your zone and take care of business. That's That's good. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I met I met Myron Mixon in Bonifay, Florida, 2019, uh, at that cook-off, and I think he hit 18th pork butt. I had 15th pork butt. He had second rib. I had first rib, and I was so happy to beat the the pork king any way I could. You know, he beat me in chicken and, and brisket, but hey, I beat him in pork butt and ribs, right? So, I was so <laughs> just those small little goals, right? I was so yeah. happy just to, to do that. So, uh, it's just amazing. Yes, sir. So, do you have, are you, are you superstitious at all? Do you have habits or rituals yeah. or routines that you have to do in the trailer? I do. Um, yeah, I do. I wear the same underwear, same, same shorts, same shirt. When I wake up, I put them on, I prep all my meat. And then during the cook, I have the same morning song that plays genuine by pony pony by genuine. I play it loud. <laughs> as I can stop it. My speaker. <laughs> no, yeah. you do not. I do. I do. <laughs> Followed up by uh, Tupac with some California, California. And then, by uh, red hot chili peppers followed by gray biggie then snoop dog will come in there and play nwa and i'll just throw in some uh boy george you know karma chameleon followed up by gosh all i feel like we, kinds of hard rock you know quiet i feel like riding. we were separated at birth <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are my morning ritual songs my i have a barbecue playlist and i hit it's at four o'clock in the morning i click on a barbecue playlist and that's how it starts you know um and then then after i turn in the brisket i clean up and i put on my awards clothes Some different clothes different my award shoes my award socks and my shorts and my shirt and change hats to a different hat so yeah <laughs> superstitious i guess you can call that but i i need to make sure i wear the same stuff every time <laughs> and so when, it, when it's a double it makes it kind of stinky and dirty you know because you're wearing the same underwear and socks you wore the day before but that's just what i do you know but <laughs> so, hey. because i have to right i kind of dumb i've but. tried to get rid of that stuff and i can't i can't shake it um 
<laughs> There's some shirts that I just absolutely cannot wear to awards. Uh, some hats that I cannot wear to awards and some stuff that I absolutely have to have. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, given that I, you're the bar barbecue gypsy and you're all over the place, you're staying all over the place, what does your planning look like week to week trying to figure, you know, do you try and do the same things every day, you know, in terms of meat trimming, meat selection, making injections and sauces? What's your, what's your week look like? Yeah. So I'm blessed to, I get all my meat from Andy Lugo. He's the meat hustler company out of San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. So with the exception of chicken, he supplies me all my meat. So every, every two weeks he ships all my meat to me, depending on what location I'm at. So I can carry three weeks worth the weekend I'm cooking and two weeks in advance. And then I'll give him my address where I'm going for the following week. So my meat will arrive on a Monday for that next cook off. So most of my meat comes trimmed per my specifications from him. Wow. The flat separate from the point. The ribs are cut a certain weight, width, uh, length, and my pork butt's the same way. And then I receive it and then I trim it a little bit more down to what I want to cook. So my my day starts usually on Tuesdays for meat trimming because the meat comes in on Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. I start trimming on Tuesdays. I make my injections on with the exception of my phosphates. I wait until Friday to put those in, but I make mm -hmm. all my injections on Wednesday. So Tuesday trim my meats, prep, scrape, scrape skins, get my thighs ready, get those ready to go. Wednesday, make all my injections with my brines, get my brines in the refrigerator, make sure everything is cold. And then uh, Friday, wait for the meat inspection and um, start working on my meats as soon as I can. Right on. Yes. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. Here, here's one that really blows the socks off of everybody in IBCA and KCBS is uh, I put my brisket and pork butt on at four o'clock in the morning. I put my ribs on at 445 in the morning. At eight o'clock in the morning, my ribs are done and in the Cambro. People's ribs are usually still on the table waiting to go on the pit at eight o'clock in the morning. But eight o'clock in the morning, my ribs are done. I remember you telling me this and... I forget where we were because I was like, I, I just looked at you and I was like, what do you mean your ribs are done? You know, and you're like, they're done. I was like, that's weird. He goes, no, it's normal for me. It's normal. <laughs> My ribs rest longer than the cooking process. Yeah. <laughs> at that same cook-off where I had a first place rib against uh, Myron Mixon right beside me was uh Matt Barber with Hot Wachula. He was uh -huh. literally like four feet from my back porch. And so our porches were side by side. And I pulled my ribs out of my pit and stick them in the Cambro. And that's the first time I met Matt Barber. He said, hey, what are you doing? Because he was putting his ribs on the pit. I said, my ribs are done. He goes, no, 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 no. 
sorry, Matt, I'm busting you out on this. He's like, no, that's not how you do it in KCBS, son. That's not, you can't do that. You got to put them on now. Then you're going to not let them rest. You're going to slice them. You're going to reheat them, set the glaze, box and turn them in. I'm like, that's not what I do. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Well, I busted a first place rib. So he, he came back and says, never mind. Don't even listen to what I said on how you're supposed to do it. No, you can't listen to that, that little man. <laughs> he didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, I love oh. Matt Barber is one of my favorite people in the world. Oh, he's a good I love, man. I love yeah. that dude. He is, uh, he is hilarious. And every time I see him, there's something... There's something else going on with him. He's just, he's just something else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so what's been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? Uh, being the cook of the year, 2019, going to the national championships, going into it, being ranked eighth, came out at 18th, going to the world food championship, coming out fifth in the world reserve grand in the barbecue division. Uh, that was my first year running. So, uh, and then barbecue champs Academy. When yeah. they approached me, asked me if I would like to be a pit master on barbecue champs Academy, teach my recipes and everything, my tell all class. I was really reluctant to, to do that because I had just come off of a really, really, really good year. And I, my only year in IBCA, and who am I? I'm, I'm such a greenhorn. Nobody wants to know what I'm doing. I'm just Lee Hickle. I'm, I'm nobody special. I'm just <laughs> a guy that, that did 45 cook-offs, made a lot of money, and finished number one on IBCA. So, Luke, I'm going to say 2019 was a blessed year for me. Uh, my first year running in IBCA and being number one in yeah. that, in that sanctioning division with 1100 teams uh who i look up to every one of those teams because they've been doing it longer than me and they've mentored me and helped me out and i just i did real well so that was a big opening for me right and it opened a lot of doors and a lot of cool things man and i i couldn't be happier for you I do have to tell you that I just texted Matt Parver and, and told him that I just made fun of him on the on the podcast <laughs> and said I was I was recording with you and his response was LOL 24 hour ribs. <laughs> the legend the legend lives on. He already knows. He knows he's he's oh, who knows what he's doing oh. right now. So, you know, you know, Luke, I mean, I'm still a rookie at this. I've been blessed to meet the right people. I associate with the right people. I talk to the right people. I only want to hang around positive people like yourself. You don't take money advice from a person who's flat broke. You take money advice from somebody who's done financially well for themselves and investment. Same thing for barbecue. Everybody has their own way of cooking, their own styles, their own techniques. I just incorporate what I do. And if you want to learn off of me, just take what I do and then mesh it with what you do and uh, go and go and be successful with it. But this also opened up the doors for, for Cosmo, for Darian. He, they reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be a, be sponsored by Cosmo. 
all my rubs and spices and uh how can you say no because i use his products i use a lot of his products and absolutely so 2020 they asked me if i wanted to be a sponsored team and then again this year as well so i'm blessed to have team cosmo backing me as well with bnb charcoal i know bnb charcoal just sold their flame so i'm not real sure what's going to happen in the future um with that and the, the sponsorship but right now i don't pay for anything yeah. any of my my wood or fuel or pellets that i need so i don't know what's going to happen with the future on that but i'm blessed to be a, a small a small fish in the, the barbecue world to be sponsored by cosmo and bnb well you keep you keep referring to yourself as a small fish and each week that changes a little bit buddy yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. i'm not sure how long it takes to where i i need to be a big fish but i'm still learning yeah i think uh i just just the fact that you're such a great guy that makes everything so much better yes, and sir. makes your success so great to watch and to see and to be a part of and uh it really is. It really is fantastic. And thank you so much for spending this time. But now here comes the hard questions. Yes, sir. The the rapid fire questions. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. <laughs> what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, people who sit on the couch and don't really compete on the level that we do, who bash how our food looks. Uh, we should have, if they were there, they could have done better. I don't like, I don't like the couch warriors. I don't like it. hundred percent agree. Do you have a favorite pre, during, or post-competition meal? Uh, peanut butter and jelly and Pop-Tarts. Is that during? Strawberry. Yep. The entire time. Friday, Saturday. Yes. Strawberry preserves and Peter Pan creamy peanut butter on, uh, white bread and strawberry pop tarts you're gonna you're gonna regret telling me the pop tart thing (laughs) (laughs) and and sugar-free red bull that's that's what i live on during the weekend i'm not i'm not allowed to have pop tarts in the house because they just they disappear (laughs) and i don't even toast them i don't toast them i just i don't either there's no reason to they're perfect the way they are (laughs) yes sir i agree i agree (laughs) Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? My sticker. I've got a Red Mule's Badass Barbecue sticker. It's an sticker awesome sticker. Pretty good things. Yeah, I keep it on my, uh, it's on one of my Yeti Go boxes is my yes, Red sir. Mule sticker. <laughs> yes, sir. Does that count for a present? Sure. I mean, it's okay. a lame one, you know. I give people <laughs> underwear. It's just my thing, you know. Right. It's it's weird. It, that would be weird. Yeah. I sent uh, one of the first people I sent underwear to was Fred Robles, <laughs> and he was that said Friday's underwear. Yeah, it is. And he said <laughs> he was like, he's like, yeah. He goes, we got this package in the mail from you, and I opened it, and Yachty was like. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you guys do? And I'm like, yeah. 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 Things got yeah. a little weird. 
<laughs> All right, yes, last sir. question. Yes, sir. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it that gets a message out to millions of bil- millions or billions, what would it say and why? <clears throat> it would be enjoy barbecue or your barbecue family is our barbecue family. That's a great message. That's a great message, man. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this with me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate this Luke. Thank you so much. And tell people where they can find you online and and connect with you. And that'd be great. If there's any sponsors you want to talk about. So, uh, you can just look me up on, uh, Lee Hickle, L E E H S C K E L. I'm with red mules, Badass barbecue. I've got the Instagram and Facebook account. You can private and you can message me under Lee Hickle. Um, sponsors, you know, I mean, my family, I mean, they give me all the support I need, which allows me to go away. Usually I go all two weeks. I leave two weeks and then I fly home for four days, fly back for two weeks, go back for four or five days. So I don't miss very many weekends. So I just, fly back and forth, get a lot of airline miles. <laughs> uh, Cosmo Q, B&B, Lucky Charms, uh, Chicken Fried Barbecue, Bill Purvis, Philip Breeden. You know, those are the people who are, uh, we're all really good friends. We hang around and we learn from each other. Um, I just appreciate everything the barbecue has to offer. I just wish it wasn't <clears throat> so expensive anymore. I wish barbecue can kind of retract back to where it wouldn't be a whole paycheck to come cook. I wish we can go back to the basics. I think yeah. we could be hurting. We could be hurting the the backyard person who basically lives, you know, paycheck to paycheck. It's so expensive and such a science right now. It's it's right. really too expensive to, to come compete. And I wish it would just go back to basics, you know, almost to where it's salt, pepper, garlic. I really do. Um, but that's just my thought. It's just really too, too much with the level we're at right now. And if you don't take a class, you're going to really shoot yourself in the foot. So I have an online class at Barbecue Champs Academy. There's many guys on there. You can take the barbecue class, not just mine. There's so many of them on there. Even the state competitors, Luke, Barbecue Champs Academy has a lot of steak champions yeah. on there. So you can learn to cook steak as well. So one last note for me, you know, take a class. Don't spend too much money, all your money, learning what you're doing wrong, how you're doing it wrong. Just go and take a class and then work off of it. So thank you, Barbecue Champs Academy. Thank you, Cosmo. Thank you, B&B. Thank you, Lucky Charms. Thank you, Chicken Fried Barbecue. Thank you, Bill Purvis, Real Valley Meat Market. I appreciate (laughs) you guys do. Thank you. Joe Soto from Off Smokers. Hey, you asked me, right? You know, I ran beneath this for your rib rub. You know, we did. There's a lot of great barbecue entrepreneurs who came out with their own rubs and spices, and we all use them in Texas. That's why our flavor profile was different. Real quick, I went up to Girl Billy's Cook-Off last weekend up in Wendell, North Carolina. Yeah. Joe has a great store, great, huge, huge, huge store, beautiful, perfect. I said, hey, do you have this product? He goes, no, we don't sell it. Nobody buys it. I said, okay. Hey, do you have this product? No, we don't have that either. Nobody buys it. We don't we don't even carry it. I'm like, do you have this product? He goes, no, we don't have it. Nobody buys it. 
I said, that's why Texas has a good profile. He has he has the people who make the spices, but not that particular spice or rubber sauce. Us Texas guys, this is the staple of what we use. Yeah. It's this part of our layers and uh, they don't have it. But it's not just him. It's all over the East Coast. So I think that's one thing that makes us Texas cookers a little different. We have a different player profile. But on that note, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on your show. I can't wait to meet up with you again at a cook-off. Absolutely. I'll be in, I'm in Roebuck, South Carolina now, and I'll be in Roanoke next weekend. Uh, almost Roanoke. having cook-off. Oh, in what, back in West Virginia. Yes, sir. Yeah, I will not be at that one, unfortunately. I'll be in Minnesota. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm sure we'll see each other. <laughs> yes, sir, we will. Thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate it. All right, Lee. Thanks a lot, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. OBS, Old Virginia Smoke. Smoke